Hello, Colts fans, and welcome back to the Indy Sports One Mini Podcast. This is episode three, and I'm Tyler, and we are joined by Marcus today from Colts Talk. If you guys have not listened to the previous episode, or I guess watched it because it is on YouTube, uh, we introduced Marcus and his page, and he is not going to be a one-time guest on here. He's going to be a regular part of the podcast we got going here, and we're super excited to have him. And he's actually got some roster moves to announce before we jump into the actual episode. Ah, uh, Yes. Shout out to Colts Nation. It's Colts Talk here. Uh, just a few roster moves before we go ahead and go on about the daily program. We have the Colts. We signed Daniel Munyer, a center. We wind up waving a Cedric Ware, placing Spencer Ware on the PUP list, activated Darius Fountain, and signed former Bills running back Keith Ford to the roster. And uh, those are the moves so far that we have. Uh, Keith Ford, we don't really have any information on him. He played three games with the Bills. His longest run was 11 yards. But we'll see how he plays in the preseason, and that is all for now. Yeah, like Marcus said, we'll see We'll see Keith Ford this week. But we are actually going to be recapping kind of what went on last week in camp. Uh, so the Colts had their first open practice at Grand Park on Thursday. They had it again Friday and then Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday were the only days that they wore pads, fully padded out. Got to see a little bit of Andrew Luck. And we also got to see Dion Kane back on the field, Ross Travis, Jack Doyle, and Clayton Gathers, just among a few. On Thursday, really everybody practiced. Dion Kane was out there, like I said. Ross Travis was out there. Jabal Sheard was out there. And then on Friday, Jabal Sheard was not out there. And Jim Ursay later revealed to us that Jabal Sheard suffered a knee injury. And he's going to miss a big chunk of the season. Um, they say he has an MRI done. However, they they haven't really released the timetable on his injury yet. So us Colts fans probably don't know the extent of it, but I'm sure everybody in the locker room does. And we actually had a question from I-74 Football, and he asked, who do you think is most likely to be starting at defensive end opposite of Houston until Jabal Sheard is healthy? Well, in my opinion, I was going to go with uh, a form, well, a known cold player. It's going to be probably Tyquan Lewis, in my opinion. Um, last year, he had 13 combined tackles, four assisted, and two sacks. He played pretty decent throughout the year, so going off experience and actually playing in football games with this Colts roster, I think he will probably go ahead and take that position until Jabal return, in my opinion. Yeah, and as much as it sucks to not have Jabal for however long it is, half the season, whatever, uh, we do have a lot of depth behind him. Um, I'm really interested to see if they will end up starting Lewis, like you said, at a defensive end. Um, because last year he missed half the season with a toe injury, and then he came back. He played a little bit of DN, a little bit of D-tackle. Very versatile player, and he did a pretty good job in you know the, the limited amount of games he played in. Um, but at camp, they had Al-Qadi Muhammad on Sunday at left end. And because Danico Autry was out, they had Tyquan Lewis at D-tackle. So, you know, just something to keep an eye on. Are they going to stick with Al-Qadim Muhammad? Once Danico Autry gets back, are they going to slide Lewis outside to take Muhammad's spot? Who knows? But I also want to throw one more name into that mix, and that is Jihad Ward. He suffered a season-ending ankle injury last year, Week 7 versus the Bills, I believe. And he had a tremendous start to the season, had three sacks, three tackles for loss, and was consistently... Attacking the quarterback, uh, he played a little bit of D-tackle in that time period, so it'll be interesting to see if they can kick him out to DN because we do have a lot of depth at D-tackle. 
So we're going to kind of flip back and forth between recap and questions. So kind of recapping some things that we saw. Punt returners primarily throughout the whole thing were Zach Pascal. Chester Rogers got some work there. Rookie Paris Campbell. Naeem Hines was back there. Reese Fountain was back there, which was a bit surprising. And so really those five are competing for the return man spot. I'm really excited to see what Pascal can do in preseason at that at the kick return, punt return spot, because I'm a big fan of his. And he was making some plays during training camp. And if he can kind of solidify his spot at kick returner or punt returner, then that's definitely going to help his chances of getting a roster spot. Another receiver that was having a pretty good start to the camp was Colts free agent Devin Funches, the speedy 6'4 receiver. Um, just sitting in the stands, you can see how, how, like, how big he is. He went against Pierre Desir end zone. Great leaping grab over him. His height is definitely going to be crucial to this Colts offense. Uh, Official Yolo Swag on Twitter asked, who has shown the best hands excluding T.Y.? Obviously, T.Y. is our go-to receiver. Um, I don't even think I saw him drop the ball once in camp. But excluding T.Y., I would have to say Funches based off the past four days of camp. Like I said, he he mossed Pierre Desir in the end zone. Um, he kind of has that same narrative as Ebron did when he came from Detroit to Indy. Devin Funches has that drop ball narrative kind of attached to him. But from what I've seen fo- so far, he's made a lot of great contested catches. I think, what was it, Kenny Moore and Jalen Collins were basically like attached to him, and he still made the catch, kind of shrugged him off a little bit. Um, other than, he didn't really drop any wide open balls, you know, just maybe a few contested catches, which is going to happen in a game. But excluding T.Y., he definitely had the best hands the past four days. But another player that also had some great hands and that I think Colts fans were excited to see was Deion Kane. Yeah, my guy, Deion Kane, after that season in the injury last year, he didn't get a chance to get on the field, came back in the training camp, and he showed where he left off in college, man. This guy is a good athlete. He's a good wide receiver. He has good hands. He's decent on route running. And I feel like he can be a great addition to this wide receiver core that we have. And it will definitely leave the pressure off Ebron and Hilton to do all the work, especially Doyle. If Deion Kane can get it, get the kinks down right and stay healthy, I feel like he's going to be a big threat for this offense in the next season. Absolutely. And we've heard Chris Ballard preach his name uh, just a couple times in the past week, uh, giving him credit for how well he's done returning from his injury and him making plays on the field. I will say on Thursday, that was the uh, first day of practice. He was there. He did not practice Friday. Um, But Deion Kane, you know, he looked a bit hesitant, obviously coming off an ACL injury. But towards the end of practice, you could see him really, like, taking control of the catches, really planting his feet when he catches the ball, just boosting up that confidence. Like I said, he sat out Friday, but on Saturday, Sunday, full go, no hesitation in him at all. So it's great to see. And like you mentioned, if we can get him going, I mean, really, we are one of the best offenses if all these players are living up to what kind of we're saying and what we we think they're going to do. Before we move on to some other recaps of camp, kind of want to stick on wide receivers here. Uh, Penny Hart, the speedster, he he was doing all right in practice, primarily working at punt return man. Um, But yesterday he sat out practice. He had ice pack on his right knee. Uh, Paris Campbell played yesterday. He ended up stopping halfway through practice and had a wrap on his leg as well. Devin Funches, like we said, he's been balling. But yesterday, 
I think it was after the one-on-one session, he kind of came over towards the stands and was sitting down with the trainer who was taking a look at his ankle. And then about 15 minutes later, they brought the cart out to bring him back to the facility. So I was like, oh, no, there goes one of our, our, you know, best receivers right now. Ends up coming back out like 15 minutes later, nothing on his ankle. He's still got his cleats on, put his helmet on, and uh, got back got back to destroying the competition. So that was good to see. Uh, we also saw from Ross Travis, like I said, the tight end group was looking good. Got Jack Doyle back in the mix. Uh, him and Andrew Luck haven't skipped a beat in their connection. Same thing with the LTE, Luck to Ebron. Their connection is still there. Mo Cox was doing good, but Ross Travis is really – an intriguing player for me. He's really tall, really fast, and uh, he, he's having a, a pretty solid camp so far, but it's really going to be hard to uh, take that spot from O'Ali Cox. We have a question from Sam Sinclair who asked, who's a second and third string guy that has impressed you most so far in camp? And my answer would probably be running back Jonathan Williams. Chris Ballard's talked about him here and there saying, you know, we got a really good backfield and he'd always include Jonathan Williams and nobody and really nobody knew who he was or what he was capable of doing but so far in camp I'm really impressed with him he's really punching the ball up the gut taking it downfield he's you know runs right runs left I mean he's just been finding the holes making the right moves getting upfield and this is not just on like seven on sevens this is 11 on 11 so he's getting he's getting hit here and there but he's doing a really good job he can also bounce outside and catch the ball in the backfield, which is a, a really good sign. Another player that I want to talk about who was doing a great job was Kamoko Toure, who is now dealing with the shoulder injury. But before the shoulder injury, he was doing really, really good in the 11-on-11s. He was lined up against uh, tackle Anthony Casanzo. And, you know, when you're watching these plays, you really try to focus on the offense and the quarterback and, you know, what receiver they're looking for. But when Toure was in the game, I couldn't help notice him just he was really pushing Casanzo back. And if you know Casanzo, he's like, what, 6'7"? I mean, he's a strong guy. And Toure was just bull rushing him back in the pocket. And he did that, I think, three times in a row. I think on the second time, he actually got a hand on Brissett's arm, causing his throw to go right in the dirt. But um, those would be my players that have really stood out, you know, that aren't expected to be, like, super amazing. But I think they really they really impressed so far. Like I said, Toure's got that shoulder injury. So we might not see for him for see from him for a while but yeah he's been looking good another player that has been looking good is cornerback rocky sin rocky sin he did pretty good on the 707 and then on 1111 uh rocky sin caught an interception on andrew luck and jacoby Brissett. one was a tip drill on luck and then he got a batted down pass on jacoby Brissett. so him in the nickel package for the colts would probably be a good addition. Um, he's looked like one of those cornerbacks that can play any type of formation, and is definitely a good addition to that cornerback core we already have with Desir and Moore and Wilson. And I cannot wait next year for this to happen. Yeah, and I think our cornerback position. I know there's still competition, but I'd almost those would be kind of my locks um, for the 53-man roster. Our starters are going to be Desir, Moore, and probably Quincy Wilson, but like you said, Rocky Sin is like an interception magnet. And I know Frank Reich definitely wants to improve in that area, getting those uh, turnovers. Uh, I know him and Eberflus definitely want the turnover ratio to be a bit bit higher for them, get get the ball to the Andrew Luck in the offense a lot more. But, yeah, like you said, Rocky Sin has almost been plug-and-play this camp, and he's, he's really impressed and really physical. And 
I think, I mean, if you if you paid attention to the Colts the past two or three years, I feel like cornerback has always been that position that gets hurt. So adding him in there, whether he starts or not, from what he's shown in camp so far, I think he's going to be a really, really good addition. I agree. I agree with you on that one. All right, and that is basically going to do it. We're going to add one final note here, and that is about Andrew Luck. A lot of people have been asking on Twitter, you know, how did Andrew Luck look? And it's kind of hard to tell because he was very limited in practice. Uh, dealing with the the calf injury, you know, just kind of working him back in. He was out there on Thursday, did some light work. can't remember if he took part on 11-on-11s. Definitely did some 7-on-7 work. You know, it's hard to take a look at what he's done because of the limited reps he have. I will say that, though, yesterday during the one-on-one session, he was a bit shaky. Um, just had some passes that were either, like, over the head to Ebron or just missed some timing with uh, another receiver. But, you know, that's just something you can expect in camp. I mean, that's what camp's all about is to get the connection down. Um, I think in 11-on-11s, though, he did look really good, so... I think if you're getting worked up about seven on sevens and one on ones, that's the wrong way to go because on his fully padded 11 on 11 session, uh, I think he went, people will say, I think nine for nine, but I believe he went eight for 10, one drop. And then one of them, he just couldn't find anybody open and just spiked the ball on the ground, which was kind of funny. But Andrew Luck looked like Andrew Luck, I guess. Um, you know, nothing to get concerned about was making all the correct throws, did a lot of checkdowns, which we saw last year. It's kind of Frank Reich style with the quick hits. And so, you know, other than that, that's just kind of a uh, a quick little re- recap and Q&A combined together about the past four days of training camp. I'll be out there today. Camp this week is pretty early. It's going to be 9 to 11 practices, 9, 11, 15, whatever. And then Saturday, Sunday, Monday, they have – the regular two to four practices and on Saturday and Sunday uh, we were able to get media passes so we will be down on the field Uh, the live tweeting should still be around probably a little bit less on the live tweeting we'll just get you more of the important updates and hopefully we'll get you some videos while we're down there because the Colts are very strict about recording videos in the stands but that is going to wrap this episode up we want to thank Marcus once again for for joining us and becoming part of the team and uh, is there anything else you want to add? No, nah, man, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, follow me, guys, on Twitter, Colts Talk YT, and on YouTube, the same. Uh, and I'll be back, man. All right, and that's it. Quick little recap and Q&A. Uh, we'll fill you in more on training camp after we get some couple practices under. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Go Colts. Enjoy your day.